0: On this episode of The Last King Podcast, we have the film Yesterday and Season 3 of Glow. Hey everybody, welcome. It's another
1: episode of the Last King Podcast. It's me, Eccentric Tom. Woohoo! Yay! Yay! Hey, it's here, Mr. Toffee, and joining us
2: is... uh, It's still heavyweight champion of the world. <laughs> world champion of the world, Toffee. Yes. <laughs> I'm the best world of the world. Ah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, please uh, tune into my pay per view, "The War of the Worlds," where I have to defend <laughs> myself against Mars and your anus. <laughs> anyway, boys, welcome to the Last King podcast. What? <laughs> <laughs> I still try to process what you said. It's gonna be a fun episode as we talk about things that we enjoy the most: of uh, the Beatles and ladies wrestling. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> we're
0: that kind of person, I guess. Yeah, uh, that mm-hmm. is
2: probably our best uh, double feature in a while, <laughs> I guess. Um, Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, we've been waiting quite a bit you now to be talking about uh, like Glow season three dropped probably a few when, days ago at time. Yeah, we've been waiting patiently for this season. Yeah, yeah, and also we need to kind of discuss yesterday because being the pop culture aficionados, and we do always say on this podcast that we kind of have to do more musical episodes, you know, because yeah, we are musical nerds here too. Yeah. So yeah, this dropped. Uh, as I think it was about two weeks, three weeks on the cinema already.
0: Uh, it's in Singapore just now, since last Friday. But, but it's, it's been, been out everywhere else. Out right? for about three so weeks we In the
2: out. UK, it
1: was yeah. out around May June, I guess. What so. is the reception for this film actually? Yeah? Uh,
0: it's kind of half half. People uh, like mm. it. People love it are... because uh, it's a Richard Curtis movie, which means that he knows how to people please. Okay. Mm. Uh, but critics are just like, what? What? I mean, it's cute, I guess, but what?
2: So it's fluffy where it needs to be, but unfortunately, no teeth at all.
0: Yeah, but again, like okay, said, there is
2: a little bit of teeth, which will explain why later. Well,
0: there's a, there's, there's definitely a lack of teeth. <laughs> there's definitely the main character loses his teeth at the beginning. Oh of the yeah, movie. good point.
2: There's <laughs> some snaggle tooth thing going on right oh, here, yeah. boys. Okay, yep, yep. so directed by Mr. Danny Boyle, who we uh, are kind of fans here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, we love Train Spotting, right? I love Train Spotting. Yeah. I love me some sunshine. That should have mm-hmm. won the Oscar, not that Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> an amazing sci-fi movie. <laughs> that is pretty from England of all places. Is like yeah. hey. <laughs> okay and uh, I don't know I wouldn't say he's been slummed it but um tis I mean what has he done as of recent I think he Trainspotting did Trainspotting 2 which was the
1: last uh, Trainspotting sequel which I haven't seen actually to me
2: it's yeah it's it's one of those 10 years too late kind of films where mm-hmm. it wraps things up but it doesn't quite give you like Trainspotting everybody will recognize as this cultural milestone yeah for sure like, mm-hmm. it's like probably par- along with Guy Ritchie this was the the new wave of British filmmaking and is it the right to say British or UK? I mean he's Scottish
0: Yeah I would say British We'll just
2: say British British. Nah, I mean he gave us Ewan McGregor Alright yeah. Who yep. has to do a solo movie uh, Where he plays Obi-Wan Soon
0: I know <laughs> Hey, just get it Kathleen over, Kathleen Kennedy. I know you're listening. Give him his movie, you <laughs> coward.
2: Yeah, please do, please do. All right, uh, but yeah, we're gonna be talking about yesterday. So the premise for this film, uh, which um, had a lot of us uh, scratching our chins, was like, so what if the Beatles didn't exist, and what if some guy, like one guy, one desperate, uh, struggling songwriter, was the only person in the whole world who knew about the Beatles or knew about their work or could just perform them? Yeah, so, yeah, he lovely coincidence. Yeah, well, yeah.
0: Yep. Later on in the movie he we find out he's not the only one. But uh, I mean Oh wait,
2: spoiler review or non-spoiler? Uh, let's spoil it a little bit. Well spoiler. A, a, little little spoil I mean, a little bit. Okay, yeah, you know, we need to explain things. It's like yeah, it, yeah.
0: it's a fairly formulaic movie, like, you know what is gonna happen kinda at the end. But uh, yeah, like like you said, the movie starts with it like playing on thick that this is a guy who's not succeeding as a musician. He's working part time as a stalker in a grocery store. He goes to Latitude,
2: mm-hmm. which,
0: for those of you who don't know, is a pretty big fucking festival in um, the UK. But he performs in one of like the side tents, and there's like five kids and his friends watching him play.
2: All right. Is it up there with Glastonbury? Uh, I because s- I say Glastonbury has is more the most of a name. famous. Yeah.
0: Latitude, I think, is. This is like up and coming famous, right? Yeah. Latitude is a bit more rocky. Okay. It's like it's between Glastonbury and uh, Download in terms of like. Um, the kind of place things they book.
2: So just above Coachella? Around the same.
0: I'd say roughly. It's a okay. bit. It's a bit newer, so okay. yeah, it's not got you know the same kind of cloud that Glastow has, but you
2: well, know, I've thought like the most rockiest uh, UK festival would be the Reading Festival because that's where oh, everybody. Reading,
0: Readings, yeah, but that's like the proper hardcore, and like it's like it has the
2: roughest crowd too, right? Because hip hop guys go there and they get bottled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so careful. But I would say
0: it'd be Reading, Download, Latitude, and then uh, Glastow's, uh the big people pleaser. Mm. It's, like mm. this year was the first time they had Stormzy as the main. Really, It was so funny seeing middle-class people tweet like, I don't know what this Stormzy fella is. Not my (laughs) cup of tea, but he seems to be enjoying himself.
2: (laughs) Dude, they should have, uh, what's that guy's name? Mr. Man's Not Hot Again?
0: Oh, uh, Big (laughs) Shaq.
2: Big Shack. (laughs) Whatever happened to him, he fell off really hard.
0: Well, Makadipa realized, oh He's still doing comedy, right? I'm a one-hit wonder. (laughs) Hey, if you're clever enough to know when to bow up, yeah. Whatever.
2: But unfortunately, he never hit this. Man's Got Cash. Man's Man's Got got Cash. Not quite Gangnam style, sir. No. Oh, but okay. Anyway, so speaking of uh, culturally relevant, I would say. Yeah, so, so
0: I, that's just the setup. And then one night he's cycling, and then there's this big power cut over the world for like 12 seconds, and then gets hit by a bus. And he wakes up, and he's the only person who remembers the Beatles. And. I like the way it reveals because like he slowly starts like try and talk about the Beatles and everyone like, has no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then they just show him like Googling furiously when he's back in his room. And then he's like going for his record collection to prove like, yes, the Beatles just do not exist.
2: So they just totally disappear from his record collection.
0: Yes. But everything that was influenced by the Beatles is still there, like Beach Boys, Blur, mm-hmm. um, Name a Band. Everything, everything was influenced by the Beatles. Like the only one who definitely doesn't exist anymore is Oasis because of the lazy joke of like, oh, they're just a a Beatles tribute band. No, 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 (laughs) no. I mean
2: yes, but no. I mean the influence is there, but they are very different from what they got their own voice in that sense. Yeah, yeah. I would say I mean the only difference between the Beatles and Oasis is longevity. longevity. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) longevity. not and generally. also,
0: like mm-hmm. the stimulus for their music creation.
2: I can't think of five bands right now who would openly say I was influenced by Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. or, or at least openly admitted in public. Openly bit, Noel Gallagher is my Paul McCartney. No, he's not. <laughs> I, I don't know. I Paul, think... Paul McCartney is Paul McCartney.
1: I guess if you're born in two thousand, maybe. I mean, like, I think Arctic
0: Monkeys maybe. I
1: doubt so. I think I, I think
2: Monkeys are smart enough to say no. We're influenced by the Beatles too. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> What Wait, it comes a- with you, mine because they're a slightly thicker version uh, he- <laughs> of. Slightly thick. I
2: mean, is this UK thicker or just random thicker because they're heavy boys? Uh, <laughs> no, like UK
0: thicker. <laughs> they're from Leeds. They're like, you know, the poor man's Sheffield. So, for all of you non English
2: <laughs> speaking, uh, non Englanders, uh, thick means dumb. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Not thick as in like a double C, thick as in, thick as, in thick as a thick shit.
2: Actual thick. <laughs> Actual yeah. thick. Like the uh, as thickest picture yeah. you've ever yes. heard that in a while. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I'm bringing it back. Uh, okay. Speaking of uh, bringing it back, let's bring it back to this movie that we're meant to be talking about. Get so, back Get Back to this podcast. <laughs> so I'm
2: not gonna do nothing but just Beatles drops from now on. Sure, fine. Yes, please do, please do. And yeah. so
0: the rest of the movie is him trying to uh release uh these the Beatles music and at first he's kind of telling himself oh, i'm doing it because people need to hear this music because it's you know some of the best music ever made so i need mm. to you know like release it so people notice it but then he starts yeah. you know accepting the fame and the fortune which comes really like let's let's make it very clear now for anyone who's wants to be like the edge lord and say oh they're over they're you know overvalued they're overhyped the beatles are one of the best bands who've ever
2: existed Yep, the best and most influential band (laughs) they did everything first yes (laughs) you you have you can't just say like name your favorite band yeah that's a Beatles hook ripoff right there I mean uh, okay but so here's the main problem I have with with the premise right where basically if the Beatles didn't exist and if anybody else was to release Beatles music in the day and age where the Beatles didn't exist would it still be as popular or as hype or as you know like you know genre defining? I would
0: Say yeah, yes. Because like the as the, that's the thing the movie showed. Like they yeah. did stuff like uh, you know, Well, first they start with yesterday because title whatever, and it's still you know a lovely song, very sweet.
2: So he performs yesterday as yeah. is,
0: but then he performs back back to the USSR, and it's still fucking rocks.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, but what I'm trying to say is that like so, uh, what this movie is trying to say is that it, you don't need the Beatles to be the Beatles. Anybody else can play these songs, and the songs will still carry the same weight. Because for me, my main argument is. No, you, you you still attach the band to it because it's the genius of these four individuals and the story that is attached to them and their legacy and their history and the rivalry and all the drama and how they all the interviews all the times they interacted with fans or with other musicians it's like there's more to it than just the songs. It's like you have to also consider like if anybody, if the Beatles didn't exist and somebody else was the Beatles, it would not have the exact same effect.
0: But they do treat it slightly differently because, well, what, he gets some of the songs wrong. He messes up Eleanor Rigby because, you know, who the fuck remembers the lyrics to Eleanor Rigby? I he was do. actually <laughs> trying to write,
1: He's actually trying to write it from scratch, trying to remember it. Like there was actually a bit of a montage that happened in the film yeah, as well. Yeah, which was kind of <laughs> cute.
0: But uh, I think they.
1: Tra- wait, wait!
2: Are there moments where he he gets the lyrics wrong, so he just makes up his own shit? Because uh, well, he- I do remember a trailer where like uh fucking Ed Sheeran tells him, hey,
0: change hey Jude to hey dude. Like that's the
2: dumbest thing I've ever heard.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll get I'll get to Ed Sheeran in a little bit, but
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm actually actually the movie did address a little bit what Shafiq did mention, like all the legacy, all the rivalries yeah. that happened. They that's why uh, Himesh Patel's character. Uh, Jack, he actually did try to bullshit his way through, especially when he was in like some interviews where this song was made because he just made some shit up during the interviews with um, what's that like, guy? James Corden, right? There was one yeah. interview.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait. So, <laughs> in a in a world where the Beatles exist, James Corden has a career too, huh? Yeah. Yes, he does. What <laughs> what a. What a- foul universe this is that's like the worst possible timeline <laughs> like everything that's good has been stripped from the world you know what you know what I- I'm gonna call it because every other uh, proper UK talk show host worth his salt will be like nah I'm not gonna appear in that <laughs> that's the dumbest <laughs> premise ever James Corden, he'll appear in everything. Anything for fun. <laughs> <the same>. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! I'm, I'm trying now. I'm imagining that bullshit carpool karaoke with him and what? What's the guy's name again?
0: Jack Malik is the name. Uh, of the yeah, character. Jack
2: Malik. The two of them, and they're singing Beatles song. Oh, that's a great shoot! Yeah. How'd you come out with that? Why Yellow Submarine? Oh, I met a Chinaman once. <laughs> yeah. I think the
0: way they address it is that he doesn't really say what the what it is, but because we're in like you know the social media world, he just becomes viral because the song. As the kids say these days, slaps. So he just becomes... Slaps? Yes, that's what they say these days. Yes.
2: Is that a real term or is it just something invented for the movie?
0: It's a real term. Oh,
2: your kids now say slaps?
0: No, not not me kids. Like, kids below me. Like, the real kids. Oh my
2: god, are you growing up, Tom? I know, I am now old. (laughs) He's entering that demographic.
0: Like, I only just now came across Yeet and it's already like old news now. Fuck me, man. I was still getting used to calling
1: things fire. (laughs)
2: oh that's like
1: fire or lit yeah we don't see lit anymore (laughs) yeah it's downgraded it's downgraded right
0: yeah like on yeah yeah like lit is like so 2017
1: (laughs) pretty much yeah (laughs) you whippersnappers back in in my day when things were lit
2: (laughs) sf oh gosh (laughs) Slaps is so dumb. Kids, you're all morons. Okay, I'll just say it. Slaps doesn't sound cool.
0: Speaking as a not-so-recently r- teenager, yes, <laughs> teenagers <laughs> are fucking dumb. <laughs> Such a wonderful moment when you become like your mid-20s, you go like, oh yeah, teenagers are fucking dumb.
2: No, eccentric Tom is like fine wine. Yeah, he's, he's getting sour <laughs> every year. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love how you almost always compliment me like it's not, it's like almost wouldn't like be, it wouldn't be
2: The Last King podcast without, without a and shuffling backhand compliment absolutely <laughs> but, I mean,
1: but, but about the film itself like, like I think the one thing I really kind of enjoyed is seeing Jack Malick struggle with his guilt like even though technically he's not plagiarising the, the songs of the Beatles he just feels it basically like the fame the fact that he cannot tell anyone who the hell the Beatles are He might come out as a fraud. What is he going to think. Like, it actually did showcase that bit from the middle of the film right to the end, you know, with the climax and everything. But wouldn't that plot
2: point fall in on itself because it's like, oh, no, no, I didn't write these songs. uh, These guys called The Beatles did. And the thing is, The Beatles didn't exist. And people look at him like, oh, this guy's so crazy and so eccentric. Like, he has an imaginary four guys. But but see,
0: that's the thing. Like, at the beginning of the movie, he says to his friends, like, oh, this this band, like, John Paul... um,
2: George Ringo. Ringo? Georg- your English cards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I can only apologise for forgetting the name Everybody the in meals. Liverpool is just waiting for you to go home so they can kick your ass. I don't think my God. For reasons. <laughs> oh wait, yeah, you like <laughs> Arsenal? <laughs> exactly. But um
0: I they address it by you know, his friends saying, Oh yeah, musicians, you know, they all like these really like, you know, underground bands that make you feel stupid for not knowing who they are. I was like, Oh my god! They did the
2: hipster thing where yeah. like it's a band that was so cool you never heard of them. Yeah, and, <laughs> and yeah, talking yeah. about that, that Beatles, That's how they dismissed it. Yeah, that's how they dismissed the it. This is the inherent problem
0: with the movie. It it just addresses the premise at face value. Only goes like, cutie, Oh, what if the Beatles were never mm. existed? Therefore, you can become famous." Mm. It doesn't really drill down with the implications or like what does that mean. And so, a very rich vein of what you could possibly do with this alternative world becomes just like. You know, just a premise to have a cutesy rom-com. I think, yeah, happen. maybe
2: I would say that something like this, everything feels like a first draft. Like, you just yeah. didn't go deep enough.
1: Yeah, welcome to this that. shift uh, <laughs> writing. <laughs> I mean, it would be nice if they addressed certain things here and there, and like, maybe for an extra 30 minutes. But at least for, when I watched it, I still had fun watching it, don't get me wrong. It's just, yeah, especially that fluff. bit... That, yeah, yeah, popcorn fluff. I did enjoy that how they tackle like the whole... Uh, how the hell is Jack Malik gonna deal with being a plagiarist, even though he technically isn't? But at the same hmm. time, why if the Oasis didn't exist or if um, Coke Co- Co- didn't <laughs> exist?
0: Yeah, Coke yeah. doesn't exist. How did the don't exist? How did the Beatles don't exist? Yeah, it's like it's a very weird thing where they randomly decide oh a few certain things which are big in popular culture just don't exist anymore,
3: mm.
0: and the film ends with um, because
2: but doesn't that create more questions which will kind of Actually, break immersion it does, like, it no, does. the truly yeah, yeah.
0: maddest thing is the very end of the movie I'm going to spoil this because yeah, whatever it's a throwaway thing Harry Potter doesn't exist in his world
2: because J.K. Rowling just because l- likes another the famous
0: thing that doesn't exist
2: <laughs> yeah fascinating
1: so it's more like a troll it's more like a joke than an actual like uh, oh we're going to go deeper into this
2: this alternate universe yeah, it's sort of thing absolute madness it's a but, gag it's a gag I mean um, it feels to me like this is what happens when a couple of stoners have a suddenly like weird conversation we're like oh what if this did not exist and everybody every, everything in this movie is just basically whoa then this whoa
1: then that and then the scriptwriter, writer and the director just just tried to tell a story just enough without bogging too much detail into it and just yeah. focus more on the comedy slash yeah pretty much a comedy music making yeah, bit
0: honestly they created like the most bare bones possible plot to have an excuse to buy the rights to play beatles music
1: Which they paid 10 million for, last I checked. Because Beatles music,
2: sir. The Beatles
0: estate is notoriously fucking expensive. Like, it wasn't on iTunes for God knows how long. It's not the Beatles
3: estate.
2: You know who owns all the Beatles music? Apple Corporation, right? Yeah, I mean, some of it, but who owns most of the Beatles music? Come on, guys. Michael Jackson, right? It's fucking Michael Jackson's (laughs) estate. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Which is like... (laughs) mm, So, is it because that now that Michael Jackson is dead... We can finally afford Beatles no, I think songs. also because he's now persona and grata, so
0: he's significantly cheaper to buy from.
2: Hey, there you go. So, oh, yeah. people need to make some cash somehow. And finally, we can hear uh, Beatles in films. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we can finally not...
0: license Beatles stuff. It's still a cover, but I mean... Hamish Patel, who plays the main character Jack, has a decent singing voice.
1: Is it him singing? Yeah. It fine. is him singing, yeah. It's actually not bad. That's yeah, um, a cover of I mean, mangoes. He's
0: definitely no uh, John, but, you know, it's doable. Okay. Um, but I'll mention a few more things that I do kind of like, uh, which is um, I kind of like Ed Sheeran in this
1: movie. Oh, yeah. He I, plays kind of like a outerworldly persona.
2: Of insults, it's like a Jay right? version, like their version of Ben yes, is It feels a like hyper yes. Ben yeah. <laughs> in a way, in a way, but yeah. The
0: best part of the, of the movie, I think, in terms of like laughs, is that uh, Ed Sheeran goes to his house to kind of because he discovers him and having a conversation in uh, Jack's kitchen middle of the night. All right, and Jack's father comes in and just like completely ignores Edgeran, he's like trying to like, get like a coffee and like a mug. He stops and turns to Edgeran and goes, You know, you look like Edgeran, mate. He's like, I am Edgeran, <laughs> huh? Good one, he walks off. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like he's got that face Yeah. Capitura. yes
0: yeah because ed sheeran when he's wearing a his band shirt just looks like he's eager to meet ed sheeran <laughs>
1: <laughs> and they actually relation that joke pretty well too yeah like a bunch of the nuts so there. Like, i think
0: <laughs> that he's well aware that he has such a bland face
2: that he's willing to you know just live these kind of jokes because that's where all the talent comes from <laughs> you, you got outperformed the handsome sorry yeah uh but then again so um uh, what else i mean Let's just say... Oh, yeah, and Kit McKinnon
0: is fantastic as a predatory American uh, music producer. I love yeah, the name.
2: Deborah Deborah Hammer. Hammer.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, Deborah Hammer. She's amazing because she's so vile
1: and... Corporate <laughs> and yeah. such an yeah, executive. Yeah. She, she she doesn't even bother hiding or, you know, pretending to be nice. He's just as is and it's just a delight just watching her be like, nasty. part
0: where he tries to slip in one of his original songs into a recording of a Beatles track and she goes, like, this track, I mean... I hated it, but I wasn't interested enough to listen to it again to understand why. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's exactly how I review a lot of music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. So,
0: yeah, just prove it like Kate McKinnon is just amazing. Yeah. She's she not, not a one-note note comedian. Yes. Oh, sure.
1: She's okay. definitely not a one-note comedian. She does know how to work being that kind of character, mm. per se.
2: Okay, I guess. I mean, I would say she's... Uh, close equivalent would be like the manager from Detroit Rock City. I guess. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh pretty no, much. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Detroit Metal series. My bad, different movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sheesh. you got to watch the anime. It's hilarious. I'm sure I will. Uh, then I would say, okay, then, you know what? Let's just... Uh, because we got to, we're in the last game. We definitely have to nitpick the fuck out of this. But uh-huh. let's just push all those problems that are very obvious aside. As a basic movie where the premise is what if you had the ability to claim to be the greatest songwriter of all time mm. and like know the repercussions of that and like basically the character arc. They did it they did a good job, right? Guys? They did an acceptable did right. job. Yeah. Acceptable. Okay. I
0: mean in terms of that, I mean, look, I'm a British dude in his late twenties. Of course I love Love Actually. So
2: of course you do And Harry Potter I think we do yeah. don't we Yeah well, I
0: mean it's a requirement To like love actually If you're from Britain Because it's like One of those movies You put on at it's Christmas It's their version
2: year. of uh, It's a wonderful life Yeah
0: Yeah Kinda Yeah, yeah.
2: What's our version huh? Oh yeah Godzilla Final Wars <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry uh, Final Wars yes. Actually for me My Christmas movie <sighs> gremlins <laughs> oh my god gremlins that's a classic it's that a classic. and die hard as a double feature yeah, yeah. every christmas I mean, die
0: hard is a perfect christmas movie mm-hmm. <laughs> but i mean look this this movie is uh it, it's inoffensive it it's cute uh you know all the actors do a good job like um you know hamish Patel, lily james they're all you know love, lovable in their own way And kind of like dorky kind of you know acceptable kind of you know twee british nonsense
2: Mm -hmm. so it it knows it's fluff so it just plays as fluff yeah and
0: it helps that they have someone as talented as Danny Boyle uh, helming because Mm. I think he adds that kind of just extra panache to what is to be honest a fairly mediocre script
1: I guess so he just makes it look nice he just makes it like the shots everything good good, great
2: everything
0: and look it's the Beatles I mean how can you not enjoy listening to the Beatles
2: but it's sung by him Mm
0: -hmm. it's sung by him but it's still are there
2: any moments
1: where they actually play Beatles no right no it's it's all played by Jack yeah it's all played by Jack
0: but I mean for example his version of Help is actually pretty good because it's slightly more rockified okay and yeah his version of Back to the USSR was also you know very enjoyable it's like more like Billy Joel's version than uh, Mm -hmm. the uh, original Beatles I do have a problem
2: with when you rockify things too much because then it sounds like a YouTube cover like it'll be like oh here is help uh brackets rock version yeah don't forget to like subscribe and follow <laughs> uh, but I don't know uh, it's uh, okay so in terms of telling a you know
0: telling a story it does its job well so you... oh, do we really want to dig in now <laughs> uh, yeah look I, I've kind of alluded to it a bit, but let's just say it like the premise of this movie is fucking wild it's absolutely batshit that bonkers yeah they present this thing and then they just leave it there and of course you know anyone who likes to overthink things will be sitting there going how can you just leave it there because mm. you've literally just said all modern music doesn't exist now yep pretty much mm-hmm. like every one of my favorite bands just has been wiped off the face of the earth
2: mm-hmm. uh, also how about this uh, i mean this is definitely i think the problem with a film like this is it leads more into a thought exercise and the fact that you never answer that question where, it's I,
0: extremely distracting.
2: Yeah, it's like it breaks immersion immediately. You, you're constantly coming in and like, you, it becomes more like you're going to wait for them to point out something else that doesn't exist and then yeah. that becomes the reason to watch the movie. Yeah, you
1: kind of hope there's something clever that uh, the script right, never to put in to address right. yeah, it.
0: But the thing is like it, Because the problem with like choosing something like The Beatles not existing is that it's not just music that doesn't exist. Mm. So much of what made 60s counterculture help lead to everything else that happened didn't exist. I don't
2: know. I mean, like, I think the way that this movie markets itself is like it's trying to be smarter than it is. Whereas I feel that the actual movie is just basically it. It requires you please suspend disbelief for the entirety of this. We want to kind of tell a story in a what if universe,
0: which I'm fine with. But it's just when you do something too much that of a, goddamn monumental. Yeah, that monumental. that
1: bit of the world is definitely distracting. Mm. That one, I have to agree with everyone here. Like, it's very the, the can, fact can that get
0: people treat teenagers as a like a demographic to market to is because of bands like the Beatles. The first boy band, yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. So stuff like the entire industry that is K-pop would just not exist in this universe.
2: Yep. If you I mean if you do the butterfly effect and you trickle it all the way down, yeah. it's like if if the Beatles didn't exist, like what what pre- influenced it that? Like yeah. what what the only prevailing thing would have been like fucking Elvis and maybe Jerry Lee Lewis and but that, that's still rock and roll. But yeah. the thing is, like, that's rock and roll by guys in their mid-30s and basically, you know, clean-cut, wholesome, american things. I mean, yeah, I get it. Like, Elvis, definitely, when he did the hip swagger, like, yeah, it caused kind of a controversy. Yep. But nowhere as close as to four guys with long hair from England making all these American girls cream their pants on The yeah. Ed Sullivan Show. Because it's like, when it comes to, like, people in the record industry, like, holy shit, we found something that can sell. And not only that, there's a formula right there in front of us and we can repackage it over and over again. And if it wasn't for the Beatles, then there would be no rivalry with the Rolling Stones. And if it wasn't for the Rolling Stones, then a lot of uh, Americans would not be aware of like Texas Blues or the likes of Muddy Waters yeah. or really? like Robert Johnson and then like Cadillac Records. And it, if it wasn't for them, it, and then it becomes a, a series of if it wasn't for them, wasn't for them, wasn't for them. And if you want to try and tackle this in a two-hour movie where it's just basically about one guy trying to be like uh, lay claim to like probably one of the greatest music archives of all time is, like, and struggling with it you know per like, se yeah I don't know uh, suspension of disbelief pretty much required but unfortunately you'll have to look at it a certain yeah, way it, yeah yeah, yeah a lot, lot of people where, like, definitely even, feel that way
0: you know normal movie punters are going like this is a bit too much of like a wild thing for me mm. like if you're if your average moviegoer has to go like wait what this premise doesn't make sense that's when your suspension of disbelief isn't working yep well, like, s- it's fine for nerds to go like but that uh, doesn't make any sense because you know we like to overanalyze shit. Yeah, exactly
2: to... yes i mean like even a like a non-music nerd would be like nah, th- this premise doesn't work
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i'm trying to think like i would like to get my dad to watch this and see how he would <laughs> is I, he a I huge beatles like... guy well, I mean, like he was... He's, he's born in the 60s? He was born 58. So he was 12 Definitely. when they broke up. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. Definitely would be a Beatles guy. I want to say this, like, also the fact that the Beatles... I mean, it's very hard, so especially for us, like, just not only to review the movie, but also the, the fact that we also got to kind of point out that, yeah, we are just fucking aware that the... how big of a cultural impact this is. Yeah. And yeah. how everything leads back to the Beatles and even if if you want to go further than that because it's like uh, yeah who are the Beatles influenced by like yeah you know black musicians Yeah, early rock and roll you know Chuck Berry was a huge influence on John Lennon oh for sure and like you know okay and we're just gonna neglect all that like no we can't and I would say uh, yeah I would say even like if I was to watch, watch this movie from the start this movie just doesn't work you have to then you're just there in the like in the seats, folding your arms, like, please explain this properly. Or, yeah, that that part of I your brain you will bother to, you more than yeah, enjoying the don't film. don't even yeah. try to impress me. This has to make sense. Yeah, and the thing is, you can't right not in ninety minutes. Yeah. So I would say how uh, right up there with Watchmen as noble failure, guys. I think
0: I don't think it's noble failure. I mean, does it succeed in what it tries to do? Yes, kinda
2: but it's neglecting a lot of other things it
0: is definitely
1: uh, I can't really call this a failure per se more yeah. like it is what it is it's just trying to be a lighthearted comedy about a struggling musician who just happens to have access to the best songs ever on the planet yeah. and
0: so. look shit it succeeded in one thing when I was leaving the cinema and going back home I just was listening to like Beatles song after Beatles song and I was just so deliriously happy to be reminded that we have this rich you know uh discography mm-hmm. at our hands
2: yeah
1: staying with us forever and ever yeah. until the end was of time was there a
2: scene where jack mallet explains how he came up with i am the walrus no he never says nope really he doesn't claim sergeant peppers
0: well he tries to like uh say it i uh, call it for an album uh name but they say it's too many words and it's just weird Yes, And he, tries to, he also tries to call it the White Album, and they say there's a diversity issue with that title.
2: So yeah, see me as an, a hardcore Beatles fan, I would have immediately just... And you know how strict I am. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I would have just... Yep, this is a 2 upon 10, this is 0 upon 10. This movie is terribly annoying me to the point where I can't enjoy the fluffiness. It does showcase the fact that producers are
1: willing to go out of their way to make things as commercialized as possible, where... You know, the Beatles would, 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 can get away with a lot of things because we know the history and everything. But when you have this guy, this guy who thinks, who has all this great music, but none of that charisma and all that, then of course, producers yeah, are going to push him around. it's not John Lennon or Paul exactly.
2: McCartney telling you why, like, oh, you no, know, we're bigger than Jesus. It's exactly. Like, yes. He doesn't have that moment, right? Yeah. Nope. No, he doesn't have that because moment. he can't because it doesn't make sense or it, there's no context in his situation. Yeah, it's exactly. Really yeah. Weird
0: stuff like he tries to write songs like Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields Forever.
2: Where What does he live?
0: Locations in Liverpool. He lives in Lower stocks which is in Suffolk. So that doesn't
2: make sense again. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. He can't write Strawberry Fields Forever or Penny Lane. But like
0: he, they have a, a, mm. a scene of him going to Liverpool to go to those places to try and remember what the songs were.
1: Yeah. Uh, in a sense like because obviously they he, he has to think like what
2: you know, they would we do if they didn't exist so yeah millennials have with a short down. attention span <laughs> yeah. there's no genius with all the lyrics for you to like <laughs> just sing out right <laughs> hmm. okay so um, I don't know you, you want to wrap this up is there anything else you need to dissect because I would say we all kind of I agree think that's that- about it's it a nice full yeah.
0: exercise I'd like to do after this but first I'll just give my review this is a 5 out of 10 whatever like don't yeah. w- wait for this to come on Netflix and you can watch it uh, and then have that lo- discussion with your friends afterwards. Exactly, right? you can have yeah, this yeah. big hypothesis thing. What about you? It's John? a nice
1: water cooler kind of film for the other reasons, definitely.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what well, What's your rating, John?
1: Uh, just how many? Judes? Six out of ten. Huh? Six. Six dudes, yeah. Six dudes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So
0: only uh five nazi out of ten. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Okay, so uh, yeah. there you go. Uh, 11 upon 20 from the Guys of the Lost King. I'm going to give it a zero because I, I I do not accept the premise of this movie. So it's just fair? fair. I refuse the, fair? the premise of this movie, so it's a zero <laughs> upon 10 for me. Even though I do like a little bit of a thought exercise, even though I do like a little bit of a what-if scenario, but uh-uh. if you're not going to explain it properly, nope, you're not even trying. Uh, so, so
0: speaking of thought exercise, so uh, how about we we each have a, t- have a go at like our own premise of like what if this big influential thing didn't happen sounds
2: like a great idea yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's almost as if
0: uh, we decided upon this before we started recording
1: exactly yes so, we planned our shit way in advance
0: uh, <laughs> uh, let's start with me because I was the one that raised it sure okay
2: go ahead uh, so wait it'll make more sense if I ask the sure, question sure please
0: ask ask the totally unprepared uh, <laughs>
2: question <laughs> uh, here no time to prepare for this this is off the cuff sirs absolutely uh, hey, so hey you saw this movie. Hey, man, you like Lord of the Rings, right? Uh-huh. What if J.R.R. Tolkien never wrote Lord of the Rings? Holy fuck. Um, what like, would the world be like after that? Well,
0: let's see. Uh, He pretty much created what we consider a modern fantasy. I agree. So, like, there was... He was literally the great-grandfather. So, yep. we wouldn't have Game of Thrones for a start. Like, True. that would have never he been would, a cultural phenomenon.
2: You wouldn't have D&D, especially. D&D
0: would never exist. Warhammer yeah. would not exist.
2: Yep, yep, yep. So, would George R. R. Martin still like fantasy?
0: Hmm. Well, he probably would have, because he likes sci-fi as well, he would have probably let more into that shit. Probably. Most likely, yeah. but Game we wouldn't space. have had something like Game of Thrones, like that kind of like cultural phenomenon happen. We wouldn't have had, you know, my favorite trilogy and arguably, you know, a new uh, like gold standard for uh, action set pieces and... Mm-hmm. epic stories to be told you know what? Peter
1: Jackson will still be doing horror
2: films exactly that would yeah. be the best thing about it he would be making movies that are fucked up okay yeah, yeah. I want to see Meet the Feebles part two somehow yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <Okay. laughs> how dare you become like successful kind of and go to Hollywood to make the Frighteners and then somehow bankroll the Lord of the Rings films yeah. <laughs>
0: also yeah no one would ever visit New Zealand most likely
2: Elijah Wood would have a career now hmm? no he, he doesn't have a career anymore yeah so
0: yeah well he had <laughs> kind of a career beforehand
2: we would not have he'll be uh, the latest tween I'm guessing or the latest uh, boy uh, sensation actor Elijah Wood I mean Elijah
0: Wood was well he was in Flipper when he was younger
2: and that's culturally important how <laughs> sorry but without
1: lord the rings i would see him being like maybe the next motion Ryan...
2: capture as a technology and as an art form wouldn't exist yes we would not have andy circus especially yeah he'd be just some guy yeah <laughs> we would never some actor. introduce yeah.
0: orlando bloom and his massive dick <laughs> what <laughs> where did you see that there was a tabloid picture of him uh naked uh like uh, you know that uh, the center paddle boarding and uh, yeah the Black blue. What are you
1: googling, sir? <laughs> I wasn't googling, it was on Twitter for some fucking reason. Well, okay, we'll Who call it research. <laughs> oh, Bloom's dick. I think it's your Shout research, Tom. To Bloom's dick.
2: Fully in bloom for eccentric Tom here. Oh, God.
1: I think what Tom was trying to mention is his long, glowing hair. Sh- yes, huh? long, his hair. long Long hair. golden yes. hair? What? Yes. <laughs> Pubing out okay, from okay. the top <laughs> of his waist? Jesus. What
2: are you guys talking about? <laughs> uh, this sounds like a fucked up
3: problem. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. So I, I you're say saying
2: if the Lord of the Rings as an idea, as a book series never existed, we would not have any Orlando Bloom dick pics. Pretty much, yeah. What a connection, guys. <laughs> We've hey, done the math. Hey, look,
0: this is what we were expecting from yesterday. We said we want to go down this rabbit hole. We're, we're going down this fucking rabbit hole. <laughs> we're
2: down the hole. Okay, I'm gonna change topic now. This is getting weird. <laughs> All right. Fine. So, what so, will
1: people be playing as a DND though? Stop. Uh, DND. Yeah.
2: Video games like men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't
0: know because yeah. Tabletop before Gygax created D&D was like all those really awful like uh, war games.
2: Hey, Rifts
1: was cool. We wouldn't have computer RPGs come to think of it. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We wouldn't have. No Baldur's Gate. Okay. No Witcher. Yeah. All right. All right. I want to throw this at John. Yes. Not like we what? prepared it at all. Absolutely <laughs> <Actually> not. <laughs> so, hey, John. Yep. What if the video game crash of America never happened and Japan had no reason to enter America with the Nintendo Entertainment System?
1: Oh, I think that's kind of a simple answer. We'll still be playing on pinball machines <laughs> up to this day, actually. Nothing but maze games, huh? Uh, oh, yeah. not, not, not just maze games. The top-down um, action, the, the, those RPGs like Adventure. We'll be playing
2: a lot more of those kind of games. Guy, it look. Uh, did you not play Pong 3D? It was a maze. <laughs> <boys. Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the graphics on that. <laughs> Shit, that paddle looks so realistic. I think I the think I think America The is would... round thing. It's not a square anymore. Cool.
1: I think America will also eventually create the visual novel because they actually started the text <laughs> games back in the day. That you know, is no how dare you, sir?
3: I
2: Look, Knights of Zentar was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but without without the back Japanese the, w- in MS DOS days, you know, in CGA graphics where it's just purple and green.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, wait, wait, wait. Customs Revenge would be a text adventure. Come to think of it, no, if it that was be. no... yeah. I mean. Let's just say, imagine um, visual novels and all that never happen If the Japanese were never to enter the market, no, like, it will be Western based. It will be more they, Western focused. Let me
2: twist the premise a little bit more. The only reason for the video games crash, and a lot of people point to this specific video game, was the E.T. game for the Atari. Yeah. yeah. So what if that was a hit, and that wow. would be the standard for all video games? <laughs> not Mario. Not Mario is not. Everybody will point to Mario as. This is the this blueprint world. for all modern video games from now on. No. We'll be seeing Jaws, we'll be seeing uh,
1: <laughs> Close Encounter, the third kind in of the game, more like or Spielberg less. Spielberg games, like, oh, I yes. remember back in the
2: day, those Spielberg games, man, not as Yes, a... <laughs> Every single
0: game would sound like a fucking... Uh... <laughs> 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 <Yeah. It's> like... <laughs> I've got that modem <laughs> up.
2: No, but I, I would say this, right, like, I think in Japan, it, it'll be like, oh, there's all these Western games, and they're like, man, these Japanese guys have these amazing things, <laughs> yes. and they never, ever get translated oh man we'll never had, get to play all this shit had
0: anime gone into the states by that point or did it like come anime the came time? way later
2: sir uh, yeah. anime didn't happen until Akira which was 80s and it, it was it was Akira and Ghost in the Shell that really uh, Ghost in the Shell was ninety. yeah so yeah. those two movies like for for the, for the late 80s and the early 90s it was definitely uh, Akira then Ghost in the Shell but Dragon Ball Dragon mm-hmm. Ball in the 2000s when America finally got that and then yeah. oh this is what those Asian guys are talking about <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's like nah but I would say like it would be in a different landscape I agree for sure and uh, I don't know we might still be <laughs> playing games on floppy disks maybe not no, just no floppy disks
1: I'm gonna say more pinball machines will have R- more R-K's relevance yeah be a thing I don't know so yeah, yeah. Yeah. R-K's R-K's be still, like still be a back thing back
0: to the future part 2 the- yes so we'd have hoverboards of flying cars oh gosh it was, i think that's a small price to play That's a
2: small price to pay <laughs> no no sir no. we'd have
0: oh yeah we'd have jaws 37. <laughs> actually that, will, that, that, that
2: timeline will make sense
1: because japan will actually divert all their resources into you know improving car technology instead of video games <gasps> think about that they so did
2: we- <laughs> Toyota is still the hottest selling car in the world. What you no, talking we're about? Fly-
1: we are flying Toyotas right now, as we're you speak. We're
2: flying Toyotas. Yes. Oh my God! That's enough. Elon Musk wouldn't be a thing. Yeah, Elon Musk would would have nothing exists. to dream about because Japan yes. did it already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably 10 Actually, years prior. That would yeah. also
0: have really changed, like, 9-11. Because they could have just used cars Wait, instead. what? <laughs> okay,
2: let's not, let's not touch that. Oh. I'm imagining a Fast and Furious where it's like, 20 cars. Yeah. He's <laughs> slamming yeah. into the World train. So basically, Zerg rushing with this flying went cars. Into a, this went dark very unnecessarily. Yeah. And this is coming from me. Yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you guys. <laughs> Okay, Man. now we should throw the question to you, Shafiq. What, um, me? Sure. What would happen if Akira Kurosawa were ne- never were to make
2: films? We have nothing but bullshit superhero movies. <laughs> <laughs> so, this world. <laughs> so, this world. Yeah. People forget Akira Kurosawa, one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. What? I would say this. Okay, the easy answer is, if it wasn't for Akira Kurosawa, okay, so, four nerds over at the New York Film School, uh, you know, these little known guys we all know as George Lucas Steven Spielberg Martin Suske, Scorsese and Francis Ford Coppola would have like oh this, these Japanese movies uh, yeah, okay so it wouldn't have influenced them to make Star Wars I mean they would still have done Raiders of the Lost Ark because mm. that would definitely be them doing their whole like you know 50s uh, like adventure like yeah cinematic. that's just
0: a continuation of good old fashioned but yeah I would yeah. say the like easiest, pulp action films so yeah. here, here's
2: the thing if it w- if akira kurosawa never existed as a film director george lucas wouldn't have been inspired because he wouldn't have seen hidden fortress to make star wars if he didn't make star wars uh let's fast forward a little bit uh disney wouldn't be what it is yeah hands down and comic-con would be still, still about
0: ch- comics probably <laughs> yeah still be a minor thing a couple of thousand we very sweaty
2: ha- nerds would have gone to a there year. you go yeah if there wasn't no star wars okay Spielberg would have still done Jaws, so the modern blockbuster as an idea would exist. Yeah, but science fiction fantasy as a profitable, and then the the whole idea about how merchandising is what it's all about now. Because let's look at fucking Disney and Marvel right now. Nobody gives a fuck about the characters. No, oh, yeah. we're selling or the comics even. Yeah, and lunch boxes <laughs> and movie tickets only. That's enough. And I would say like, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's fun to have these kind of thought exercises. And I think what yesterday fails to do is like. You gotta answer the questions because in this day and age in 2019 where Google is at your fingertips is right in your pocket right now it's very easy to trace down and go down the rabbit hole and like yeah but then you you have this problem this problem this problem this problem
0: yeah I mean what the movie could have done is just didn't have to necessarily like answer it but it could have had final easter eggs mm. so it would have changed certain posters or maybe how people dress because I mean, the Beatles I w- did kind of influence fashion to a certain extent they did
2: they I would also they did. say this right. I kind of like what e- Eccentric Tom was leading on about when it came to Back to the Future Part Two, it was like, instead of creating a world where this guy is the reason that pop music is- like, he he, he influences everybody with this pop music that only he knows about, right? Just make it really weird and like, okay, this doesn't exist, this doesn't exist, this doesn't exist, this is what the world will look like. You know, like a total what if. Like, you know, don't even bring the Beatles into it, it's just like, this doesn't exist. It's not about a guy who's trying to introduce the world to Beatles music, it's about what a weird world this is. Just have people live in it and have certain conversations and just because, I mean, that would be interesting enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because once you you enter that premise of like, if the Beatles didn't exist but only this guy knows about it, just remove that entirely and like just explore this strange world. Mm. That would be like a little fun little like look into an alternate reality for all of us. It would be like a great Black Mirror episode, I would say. Yeah. Mm. Exactly, know? yeah. Like, I get what the filmmakers were trying to do, but... Hey, nerds I think be maybe nerds. <laughs> I
1: think maybe they need to actually spread your focus more less on the rom com and okay maybe the rom com's fine
2: yeah. but maybe a bit more I fleshing think it's out the world safe yeah exactly it's safe to say right like the most interesting part about this is the conversation about the world rather than this character yeah like yeah. you remove that and we just focus on this world and like then you explain why Pepsi uh, why Pepsi only exists or this and that I mean it'll be great it'll be like uh, remember Demolition Man yeah. yeah when they said like oh yeah we only have a uh, kfc because during the food like the food wars only that franchise exists, like survived he's mm. like ha huh, okay tell me more <laughs> like yes. i'm interested in that you know alternate r- reality okay cool let's go with that so yeah man my head hurts now <laughs>
0: Uh, so it's almost like uh, you had your head hit uh, something. Uh, oh,
2: like with a steel chair from the corner series that we yes. got. Yes, that's what we're getting <laughs> wow, at. Wow, what a about strangle
0: segue My trademark uh, <laughs> tortured ass segue. Okay. To talk about Glow Season 3. And in this
2: corner, weighing buckle 9, Eccentric Tom. <laughs> God, I wish I went that little. <laughs> Anyway, so... Yeah, we're going to talk about glow in Transition? Yeah! <laughs> Woo, what if male wrestlers didn't exist? Mm. <laughs> I think nah. it would be more popular, actually. True that. Yeah, because in Japan, women's wrestling is still the shit. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Japan would be let's leading. Not, let's not do that. Okay, we're, we're going to talk about the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Uh, as of this recording, it's probably like a couple of days old by now. We've binged it proper. Yep. So, boys, thoughts?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean... It's good. Not great. Um, oh,
1: I think this kind of epis- I think this is the kind of season that GLOW needs in the sense where yeah. we've already done all the action, we've already done the setup, we've already done like showcase how crazy wrestling can be in terms of showcasing the moves and how mm-hmm. the ladies actually perform everything. They've, we've already seen that in season 1 and season 2. So I believe that this transition in season 3 where it's a bit more personal per se, a personal yeah. tale. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's just
2: answer these character questions that probably fans have been asking us about.
1: Yeah, so I think that's why they went for this direction. Yeah. Having yeah. said that, I do wish maybe... Uh, I mean, it's not bad per se. I mean, it's still good. They, they have, to have they, We have a couple of standout episodes which we should talk about. Like, yeah. like, for example, maybe the second last episode. The, episode 9. Yeah, episode 9. Like, uh, basically, there was a drag queen pre- presentation going on. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, there yeah. was... Some characters who actually got some story oh especially the campfire episode i just realized as you well the campfire
0: too. Episode? i mean well i had mixed feelings like there were some parts i liked some part which just felt like unnecessary diversions
2: yeah there's a lot of padding in this one actually definitely like, which is yeah weird because it feels explores... worse
0: and padded in in equal measure. yeah
2: it felt like they were exploring a lot of uh characters and like their backstories and like you know their trials and tribulations but also at the same time they decided to kind of push some of the wrestling to the side. I mean, they only had like one kind of match episode, right? Which I think there were two. Final um,
1: well, the final one and the one where they changed the uh, roles up. Oh that yeah, Freaky Tuesday. That yeah. was a Freaky lot Friday. of fun. Yeah. That was
2: a lot of fun. Not enough wrestling though. <laughs> I was still say. No. I mean, it, it was nice to see the characters. And yes, I have said very ex- much on this podcast that wrestling isn't about wrestling. It's about the characters. Yeah. And I love that episode a lot because I still think that Betty Gilpin should have been the Ruth character. Yeah, like her Zoya destroyer was far more. I liked that a lot more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Watching like uh, Ruth as Liberty Bell. Yeah, you know, man, this is a what if in a what if. Huh? Speaking of yeah. what ifs, huh? yeah. And watching Sheila come out and do Eliza, <laughs> it's like, hey, that was <laughs> that was cute. So
0: <laughs> adorable and wonderful. Uh huh. Yeah, and I really enjoyed uh, Sheila's arc. I think this season I did. Yeah, when she. Necessarily... she turned
2: back on her
1: furry
0: <laughs> yeah but I think she did
1: she she ditched the wig to you know be an yeah, actress which yeah
0: i could probably see how some people might have an issue with it because Why? i don't know i think some people might uh, see it as like uh like the people the creature saying that i would it's wrong to be like that kind of like other kin but i think it's more of a case of that she realizes that she was relying too much of it as like a crutch to kind of like hide behind that. I think so, the
2: best thing she said was, it was holding me back. Yeah. Like, yeah, which is like, why
1: the campfire episode was pretty good in that sense. Mm, it actually showed epic. her uh, throwing her wig away in the fire. Yeah. I mean, good she's stuff. She's
2: really cute, right? Yeah. That's what I kind of realized when I looked at her. It's like, I've always kind of seen it. It's like, she's actually a very attractive lady. Mm-hmm. And then when they, like, not say she cleaned up, but when you just see her as she is, it's like, oh, yeah. I was right, <laughs> yeah. But I would also say, um, my she's definitely my favorite arc. I also like the arc with uh, fucking Bash and the wife, uh, Rhonda. Right? Yeah,
0: yeah, I like how Bash just became an absolute cunt for most of the season.
2: Well, because yeah, money. Well, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bash he season, is running yeah. a business and, and he has to be it's, like it's, that. That like, what's I what I really find interesting about like uh Bash's character is because like in the first two seasons he's just played off as like this adorable a goofy, idiot, uh, yeah. yeah. Idiot. Whereas is this one, it's like, this is what happens when a person who has no idea what he's doing is given all this responsibility and all this money to handle and mm-hmm. just how it just overwhelms him and how, like, it's so relatable but like, when you look at somebody like him and he definitely, he's come from a place where he can never ask for help because they established it with his mother and his yeah. family and like the society he's brought up in where it's like, if you fail, you fail by yourself and everybody just points fingers at you mm. and they just seem him be vulnerable and it's like, it's like how I felt about the deep it's like why do I care about this guy now shit yeah <laughs> ah, but I, I love how it also kind of um, it did kind of pay off because I think he had he had kind of one of the better redemption arcs it, in I a mean, way yes redemption
0: arc was good yeah. it could have maybe been a little bit Better,
2: but it was the only redemption arc for this one because, True, like, yeah. because in the previous episode, it was like basically uh Betty Gilpin's character, which is like a what was uh, Debbie, it? Debbie, 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 yeah. yeah, Debbie was a total cunt to Ruth, and then yeah. now, they, like, it's very strange that they it's not saying that they like you know uh, brushed over it, but now it's like okay, they're kind of friends again, yeah, yeah, they ironed they got out really out buddy it out by hospital because season, yeah,
0: final like shouting match near the end of season 2 yeah. which yeah, yeah. I think was a good experience to like, clear the air so we could reset it because I think it would have been tired if we had like another I antagonistic agree. relationship between the two of them yeah
2: it That's wouldn't make sense it. it wouldn't make Just sense I wouldn't say friends. I mean it would still make sense because I think each of them still harboring resentment yeah. might be like an interesting catalyst for a drama but also at the same time like if we did that again then we have no space for anything else
0: yeah, I mean it yeah. was good character growth and it meant that we had to spend less time with them and more individual, like, their own individual issues. Specifically, like, Ruth's issue the fact that she feels like she's a failed actress. Mm. Which is...
2: I don't know. I like that arc, too. Because, some I mean, the lesson for her is basically... Sometimes you gotta stop chasing the dream. Yeah. Or sometimes you go all out and you just go for it. And then, like... Okay, spoilers for the last episode. Uh, no, let's not spoil it. No. Let's not spoil it. She... And some characters, I would say, like okay, mild spoilers. It feels to me like a lot of them uh, are getting written out. It feels like contracts are ending. They're
0: being given exit strategies for sure. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're it definitely feels opening
2: like, like you know places for them to, to go elsewhere if they yeah. want to. Uh, I think
1: and, it may have been. I think they're all setting up for one final season, maybe just a prediction.
0: But honestly, I think story-wise, you only have one more season left of this. Yeah. It, this is not an Orange just a New Black scenario where you could go on for like seven seasons. And it totally misses the plot of what it's about in the yeah, first because, place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, this this show has now become maybe 20% about wrestling. Yeah, And this season especially has been just like character study after the character study. And even then, some people still get left out. Like um, the biddies. Yes, <laughs> the, the biddies especially. The biddies are still <laughs> just like, oh, that weird friend couple. And like even like what. Something I'm a bit irritated by is the relationship between uh, Junk Shane, um, Yolanda and Artie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Felt kind of squeezed
2: out a little bit. Oh, yeah, I agree. I could see that also.
0: That they had elements of where it was a nice, like, uh, juicy drama, but then you kind of just went, oh, let's just quickly, like, get this done so that we can have this resolution at the end.
1: Yeah. We but padded the, it out, yeah.
2: I mean, I wouldn't say it's padded out. I would say, like, because, uh, like, my not saying it's a problem but I think what the writers wanted to do was they wanted to go deep with all these characters mm-hmm. and the problem is each one had to go so deep and it, like everything was like such a downer like, yeah. like, like there, there was a lot of heavy topics that they dealt with mm-hmm. and some do get resolved and most of them don't and like a, a lot of it is all about you know forgiveness and just acceptance which is okay, probably the best way to end that like uh section of the the season, so we can move on without things being like you know too heavy, because it's like uh, especially the, oh, what's the, Asian girl again, Jenny, uh Jenny, so, Jenny, Jenny, fortune so cookie. So her like basically she got really pissed off about something that happened. Yeah. And this is happened. Yeah. This happened during the the Freaky Tuesday episode, and she held resentment till the next episode, but then it's just basically like she just reveals why things affected her and everybody hugged it out next episode she seems fine
3: yeah
0: which is weird because I would say that the reason why she gets pissed off is extremely valid and I think yeah as valid as Debbie's issue with Roof in season 1 agreed yep and the fact because that took a season and a half to get resolved. And this is an over in what, yeah. So I would say like yeah.
2: I would think like they have all these good ideas, but they don't do enough to flesh it out or yeah. really make it impact the story. Whereas it kind of feels like we we address this, then we wrap it up. Then we address this other thing and we wrap it up. Address this next thing and then wrap it up. So it felt like um, it's like going from one pain point to another. It's like okay, okay, this is. Kind of Once it's resolved,
1: everything is like hunky dory. Once you hug it out,
2: okay. Now she has a problem. Oh, okay. Now let's all deal with it. And like one of my biggest problems with that is because like one of my favorite wrestlers and characters on the show is Carmen. Yeah, she has for sure. Nothing yeah. to do. Yeah, she was definitely she, like left behind. Almost. She had one of the best lines too. Like people look at me as this like lady sex- wrestler sexless thing. I was like, oh, we're gonna explore that? Nope. <laughs> No, it's like, ah, okay,
0: yeah, just like trying to see that. Oh, she's got a date. It's like, wh- what? Why is this not being a thing? Because like we made this that like an issue to That seems like something like, you know,
2: anybody yeah. can relate to. Yeah, and like okay, I get it. I get. I mean, it, to me, it feels like they probably had lots of uh, uh, I would say plot points and lots of uh, like I would say arcs that they want to tackle, and. The thing is, I think, to be fair play, because I guess one of the major complaints people have about the series is like, it felt too much like the, the Debbie and Ruth show. Mm-hmm. We want to see what all these other characters are all about. But they did all of it at the same time. Yeah. And it's like, you could have spread this out. You could have definitely done maybe one major one, two side ones, mm-hmm. and still have like you know enough uh, like goofy wrestling in between. And it felt like okay, but we're gonna deal with everybody because we want to be fair, or we wanna like no, we, we do want to feel make a- anybody feel left out. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. impossible within like 10, ten episodes. episodes. Yeah, so it's like such people a get large left cast out. Cast as well, yeah, yeah. And it's like then like there's guys like me is like I'm a Carmen fan. Where's her story? And then like. Yeah, she hasn't even been tagged in that much in the story, too. That's the yeah, sad part. Yeah, and she, I mean, like, she does some fantastic wrestling. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There's a, uh, a thing. Her. Uh, I know the spoiler. Yeah. She and Jung Chen, mud wrestling was my favorite thing. Oh, that was my favorite <laughs> <doctor. laughs>
0: Well, yeah. now she's uh, like that witch doctor thing. She's yeah. not Jung Chen anymore, well, whatever. But, um, like. A voodoo, whatever. Right? Voodoo, voodoo show, something, voodoo right? Journal, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. she's. Black Magic, Black to her Magic. Character yeah. In episode, the last episode, which feels like a cop out. I agree. In a way it's just kinda like it shows that writers like don't know how to handle her arc anymore because she's resolved her issue with her family. She's resolved you know being like, you know, the I
2: agree because during uh the, the fire like the like the, the camp episode. Yeah. Where basically when uh Britannica I, I only know their wrestler names. I don't know the characters names. Oh okay, uh, when As- Ronda? Yeah. yes, yeah. Okay, when when Ronda like asks uh like Carmen like, hey do you still have feelings for Bash? Nah and I was like, really? Okay, are you, You're just gonna... Oh, and that's when I kind of realized, like, oh, they, they don't want to... They want, they'll want address it because people are probably wondering. And the easiest way is for, for you to just, like, have the character say, Okay, I'm not gonna... We're not gonna deal with it anymore. like, oh, okay. I was
0: half expecting her to say, like, you know he's gay, right? Kind of thing. And then have that <laughs> extra complication to that relationship.
2: But we all knew he was gay. Like, we, well, we all remember the butler from season yes, one. Yes, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah like, only... Britannica seems to not be aware of it.
2: I would say, no, I think Britannica has probably that kind of, uh, I would say, a woman who wants everything and then here's the opportunity and he, she will do anything to change him mm-hmm. or to keep him a certain way. Yeah. And he is basically, I don't know if it's out of guilt or also out of the fact that it is his upbringing where he needs to, atta- like he needs to represent a certain kind of person. Possibly, yeah. So it's like, Seeing that, I mean, that dynamic, that relationship was fascinating to me. Oh, yeah. yeah, that especially was definitely a highlight like, for the season. Yeah, yeah especially when okay, I don't want to spoil it, but there's a scene in the hotel room where it's like I didn't expect that at all, and I loved it.
0: Yeah, that was mm. not what I that was going to happen. That
2: was like to me it's like okay, that was the only thing. That, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, it's yeah. very hard to review this and not spoil it. Can we do a full spoiler one next week? Uh, sure, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe we okay, can do that uh, Anyway, well, but no, was,
0: like next week is Tarantino. We
3: can't.
2: Okay, maybe maybe we'll, we'll, we'll do a, uh, a year-end review and we mention this look again look at Patreon episode <laughs> yes. sure. oh, Patreon doesn't exist uh, what if the Patreon didn't exist <laughs> everybody's just podcasting <laughs> YouTube still thing anyway but yeah uh, which is why I love Basher's art because mm. it's like they turned him from a goofball idiot to this really deep and emotionally stressed character and like he and, you understand why he, and you can understand why he made yeah, the decisions they being an he, asshole. Like, when he, when yeah. they gave him the heel turn, you're, like, he's like, you're starting to like, okay, why are they making him a bad guy? Because he, he's, because if you remember him from season one, he's like, no, I care about my wrestlers, I care about my performance, and I care about the art of wrestling. Yeah. And then you see him make these decisions. And then his mother arrives, and then you get it. Like, oh, mm-hmm. there you go. like This is very well done. It's mm-hmm. like, I like Bash. It's like they, they made him from this goofball idiot to an actual character because no, yeah. he was basically like the foil to Mark Morin's character for the first two seasons. Yep. Oh, sure, yeah, sure. And watching him stand on his own and act through it, like whoever, I forgot Who's the guy who plays freaking uh, Bash? Uh, like uh, the actor. Hold on. Uh, anyway, do uh, uh,
1: Chris Lowell. Chris Lowell.
2: Chris Lowell. Hot, fine acting. It's like, like you know, like just seeing him cry in that scene with mm. uh, like Debbie is like. Yes, I, I know how that feels. You yes. Know? When yeah. it's like, this is, I am struggling so hard to be who I am, and I'm trying to keep up appearances with so many people, and I don't want to let anybody down. You know, it's like, perfectly, like, you know, and just that I was like, okay. So to me, the highlight was, strangely enough, bash. You know, because yeah. I didn't see that coming at all. Everybody else felt, I wouldn't say, uh, like, okay, th- that would be the obvious thing for this person to be pissed off about. Or, oh, like, that would be the, like, we introduce this arc, and then the characters are like, oh, yeah, you know, th- this is just me versus them, or this is just how I react to things. It's like, yeah, sure, cool, like, we know how this, like, when you see it resolve, you're kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they settled that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, I, I would say props to, hey, it's like, Bash's arc is, like, the highlight. Unfortunately, I'm still gonna complain that not enough wrestling's good. it yeah. wasn't it's only like two episodes
1: that. in that whole ten episode season. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
2: at least in season two, they gave us an entire episode of Glow, We're and it was yes. Royal Rumble with yes. fucking music videos and PSAs. <laughs> it was glorious. Yeah. You know, it's was like, amazing. I want that again, and <sighs> like, they didn't do that. You know, like it ended with a Royal Rumble and a wedding. Yes. Fuck. And it's like, this one is like, oh, okay, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, although, I, yeah
1: mean, I, I mean, it was so visible, but you know, for people who expect more from season two, yeah, you're not going to get that in season three. You're going to get more of an introspective it's a turn in season three. Continuation,
2: yeah, I yeah. would say. <coughs> I, mean, I mean, how about you, uh, John? Like, any highlights or lowlights for you?
1: Uh, there were actually not that many lowlights per se, except for maybe Carmen. But apart from that, you basically just described what was really good. Again, mm. uh, Sheila's arc was great. Mm. Bash's great, Bash's arc was especially great, especially with Rhonda and uh yeah having a uh, sam sam actually you know helping out his daughter in that one episode was actually really cool nice to watch that too was
0: a cute side story yeah it was which is actually that one is i think alison bree's directorial debut i like oh yeah yeah
1: alison bree directed that where she
2: basically plays a struggling actress mm. <laughs> yeah very I mean, semi-biographical there eh? which is
0: weird because she's been kind of like moderately famous since Mad Men. i agree but and also... community as well <laughs> Uh, but uh, okay,
2: small complaint, yeah, not enough Mark Maron.
0: Okay, look, I have, I'm gonna be a counter saying like I fucking love Mark Maron because he's, it, he's great. You
2: let's quote eccentric Thomas. This. this is Mark Maron at his most Mark Maronist as he reviewed season two.
0: <laughs> yeah, the most Mark Maron, Mark Maron ever did Mark Maron. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but I think because we had his redemption after last season
2: with the daughter. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that. We don't need to have him as much. And it was good to remove him because he was a very dominating presence. I, I would agree. say He had, he had his
1: caught... spotlight already in the second yeah, season. So, that's for sure. To kind
0: of delicately remove him to give the other actors more room to like, develop and grow and glow, I think, uh, was a smart choice. And, yeah, I, mean, I think it was okay. Maybe he could have been utilized a bit more. But, mm. you know, honestly... I mean, uh, like giving him, we got more of like the character development from other characters. I'm yeah. fine with that.
2: I'm totally yeah. fine with that, but yeah. you do kind of miss like basically whenever like somebody fucks up and they go to him, and he just gives that matter-of-fact, Mark response of like, "What the fuck? Just figure yeah. it out. We have a show to do." He's like, "Oh, hey." <laughs>
0: yeah, like the fact where he's like so bitingly sardonic, and then suddenly <laughs> says some really real advice, like. Oh shit! He does know what he's talking about.
2: And then, like every once in a while, where like people like look at him and like, "Oh, you're so evil and bitter." No, no, no. I actually care about you people. I'm like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is like I'm I'm a man from the '80s. I don't have emotions. Sorry. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, what it's still, yeah, nothing will uh, top that moment in season two when he's going to a screening of his movie. And <laughs> when Roof admits that, oh, uh, she was like pressured into it, like I said, she likes it. like that. What is it? Yeah, that absolute fuck. But he's like, because he was so happy. He's like, so it's not my fault. It's this uh, sex crazed dickhead that's ruining my show. So.
2: And he takes a crowbar he, to the car. Yeah, yeah he, was I a loved be- it.
0: he was a better ally than um, Debbie Egan was. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
2: <laughs> I think that's the thing. I mean, Mark Marin's character was the perfect counterpart. And I think it's like, it's, I hate to say the Mark Meer part, but he counters all the characters, which is why like when they had him in season one, mm. where it felt like he was more or less like uh, you know he's he's the boss you need to impress, and it turns out no he he's just an artist with a vision, and he he just can't stand people getting in the way of his vision. Yeah, and if you you gave it like his arc in in the first one was basically learning to collaborate, learning to cooperate, and understanding other people's visions, and not to be too precious about your own work. Loved it. And then in season two, it was basically watching him run like a monkey show. (laughs) Basically, (laughs) it's like all these problems and you like, you as a guy, it's like when people, like imagine if you're like, say the alpha of a situation, everybody turns to you and you have to juggle all their problems, your father, brother, preacher, everything, and just watching him lose his shit and like, fuck, and then just do cocaine. (laughs) Okay, you know, get your shit together. It's like, yeah, it's like I missed that because the thing is I get like, if you have him in, like, some of the heavier parts of the stories, is like, it might be a bit too abrasive. Yeah. And we need to kind of, like, kind of, uh, I would say, let's just finish off that him and the Justine side story. Because uh, I'm pretty sure she's not coming back. She's going to be Hollywood director. We don't need her in the show anymore. Yeah, I mean, but... Yeah, maybe for of, one episode, but that's kind about of it.
0: That he's not going to be around much, either. Spoilers,
2: maybe, yes. We'll,
0: we'll see, but, uh, I mean, what I like how they treated his, like, still, like... Anger thing, but it's like directed <laughs> like a supportive way, which is really weird in that episode of yeah. him and Justine. It was like, "Fuck you, go be better than I ever, ever was. Like, don't you dare yeah, yeah. fucking like waste this talent." It's like,
1: yeah, don't ruin your moment to shine because you only get one that one moment. Yes. Yeah.
0: an interesting uh, you know attitude,
2: but I would say for a guy like me, yeah, that's mm. how I was raised. It's like, yeah, it, it, the, like. Not only being as a child of the 80s, but being an Asian person mm-hmm. is like that is how people will talk to you. it's like, stop wasting your fucking life, do something great, okay? Mm-hmm. Don't wait for me to tell you what to do. Go, <laughs> and it's like, but basically, and when you think they're being hard and bitter and like when they're being harsh about it, and when you actually ask them, it's like why, and then they'd be like, remember, I'm proud of you and I love you. Yeah. This is how I react, you know. Underneath all of this, this is the underlying message. I'm a parent. Or I'm a teacher, or I'm a director, or I'm the leader of this circus. Is like, I the reason I'm hard on you assholes is because I care.
0: Yeah, I mean that mm. was his second best moment in the show. I agree. The first best was in the elevator when he realizes <laughs> he's like so fucking outnumbered. He's like, I yeah. can't <laughs> fucking handle I this. Can't
2: so this. I can't do this. I can't do this. Yeah, I guess. I mean, like, I, I mean, if I would like to see more Mark Marin in uh, season four, I definitely want to see bashes. Like, yeah because I, I, I want to see where they go with that I want to see his yeah.
0: acceptance of his sexuality somehow spoilers maybe I know I, I'm trying to very trying hard the very
2: best <laughs> you know and I want to see how <gasps> like you know the, the, the fact that it has Rhonda mm. and then like the whole now that we're introduced to it, uh, when Birdie comes back and it's oh, like yeah. oh he has all these other things to deal with and then maybe like I would say like uh, okay fuck it I'll spoil it his gay thing is way more interesting than fucking uh, what, what's her name
0: Yolanda and uh, yeah there's yeah.
2: Lover spat. This is a person conflicting with it. It's like Yeah. And then like watching uh, uh what's her name again? Who, who the the terrorist girl? Uh Artie, Artie. I'm sorry, Arthi So uh like just heard like it like you know what I mean by like let's just uh button this up and put a bow on it. Like okay, I'm gay. Okay, let's hug it out. Okay, next heavy topic is like no no, no, you could have gone better than that especially after what happened at the club
0: what they were hinting at was like something which would have been a truly like contemporary thing to talk about as well as an 80s thing but they chickened out uh, which is like fuck it I'm gonna spoil as well bi erasure is a real fucking problem and I thought Mm. they were gonna go down that avenue but they didn't instead it's like oh I'm just I'm just scared to call myself a lesbian Like, like Jesus
2: Christ come on like you... And, and the thing is you don't buy the reason whereas yeah. Bash's reason is like yeah look at all the things I have to deal with you know what I mean so it's like when you have that side by side it, it really feels lackluster immediately and then like mm-hmm. yeah we could have just got rid of this then we could have more wrestling or we could have had more jokes
0: yeah although I do think that uh, Yolanda as like the angry lesbian was like quite a nice uh, character
2: addition I guess you know hot blood Latina lady mm. yeah true that uh Okay, one one other plus point because I need to stay on brand. Uh, a lot more tits in this one, so yay! Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was cool. a lot <laughs> more than usual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As a man who loves wrestling and boobs, I appreciate this yes. season. <laughs> I also like the fact that when they, I think they somebody interviewed uh Alison Brie and she said that is the sexiest episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right, you know. Okay, but <laughs> enough. <laughs> Also, hey, if if you like butts and dicks, there's there too.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, there was definitely like full frontal male, which was like,
2: ah, yay, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a surprise, yeah. <laughs> for you, for me. Like-
1: Okay. But it's kinda like I accept this moment for happening like right now. In season
0: what, five or six of Game of Thrones when we suddenly had like that big warty penis in our face, like
2: oh, oh. I don't remember that at all. It's <laughs> the actor who's like showing off like genital wash Scraped off my memory proper. Somebody still retains certain things I notice. I have uh, You remember whenever... dicks uh, Orlando Bloom's dick, this guy's dick. My... Dicks and dicks and dicks. <laughs> my
0: memory hates me. I always remember the worst things.
2: Sheesh. Uh, but <laughs> God damn it, you just derailed me. I want nobody to say something else. <laughs> Never mind. No, no, but, uh, okay, speaking of dicks, <laughs> okay? That I thought you were the prostitute woman was hilarious. That was funny. Oh, yes, uh, with a Melanie, <laughs> right, 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 yeah. You're, you're the prostitute. No, no, I thought I, you're, I'm, the, I'm the prostitute. I'm the prostitute.
0: That was... Yeah, that was a fun... I like that that, that character.
2: I'm glad they kept in for like another two moments. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Who's that? That's Paul. Oh, he's the maintenance guy. No, he's Paul the (laughs) 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 Jiggle. Yeah, so what do you guys think of
1: Gina Davis uh, in Being Sandy? Oh, Gina Davis? Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, she's holding holding it together. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
1: Fair enough, fair enough.
2: Not quite Cutthroat Island. uh, Not quite Thumb and Louise. Nah, I would say this, right. Uh, Anything with Gina Davis, I love. Okay. um, Watching her... And watching her come out as a showgirl, mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good that stuff. Was like, good stuff. Ooh, yeah. she
0: still has it. Mm, she still yeah. got it. Yeah, yeah. There you yeah. go. <laughs> and I
2: also mentioned uh, ex what ex Mrs. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> oh, oh no. right, that? right. That's, yeah, yeah. That was a thing. They they married right after the fly. <laughs> wow, that's. A... If you think about it that way, oh yeah. <laughs> David, if David Cronenberg didn't exist, we wouldn't have Gina Davis in Glow. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't. Yeah, let's not, let's not play this we game. We have anymore.
0: so many what if moments in this uh, episode. Jeez.
2: what if SoundCloud Or no, Jeff Goblin. Yeah. Oh god. <gasps> god. We'd be only on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, there's well, too many told... options now. <laughs> anyway,
0: so I, one final thing I'd like to shout out is I think the drag queen was also a nice, uh, like, it was a very minor story, but it was still nice. I loved, and him. I loved yeah. him. I loved him. Uh, I
2: loved, especially loved that he is the catalyst for Sheila. Yeah, like fantastic. that moment where it's like, who, like, who are you? And then she like, who are you? And it's like, and then, like, just them acting with their eyes. And I was like, this is brilliant right there. And it's yeah.
0: nice because yeah, you know, he was basically showing that you can take the costume off and it doesn't stop you being that.
2: Bingo. Mm-hmm. Yep. You are not who you're dressed as. You are who you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a really good Beautiful.
1: message. It's done really well. Yeah.
2: You know, in a wrestling show. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's time for uh, final scores. Uh, I'm giving this probably like last season was the seven.
0: This is six and a half, maybe six. Yeah. I, I'm going to give this I think a seven out of ten. I think I gave last season eight and a half or nine. You gave it quite high, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like th- I'm going to so, go with seven two. It's yeah.
1: good, not great because we saw yeah. great last season. Yeah, this is... I like I think, the focus. I like the focus with the characters mm. and everything but maybe... Needs to be fleshed out. A, a little bit more, then. yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And like, you know... Uh, Which is why uh, we have the fourth
1: season hopefully coming and you know, pulling all the stops.
0: I hope so. Know? I hope... Like uh, yeah, uh, season four they just pull out all the stops. Uh, Netflix just like gives them a huge budget to just like really polish it off. Yeah. I
2: guess so because like uh, let's not spoil it. Okay, yeah. But there is um, they're setting up for something truly incredible. Bigger, yeah. And I think because of what they're doing, they're gonna do more parables to like WWE. I'm mm. sorry. Ooh. Right, right. WWE. It, right. Because it's basically yeah. oh you know like oh what if we had that kind of scale? Yeah. Huh? Please do that. I want to see these girls in a proper arena. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I want that. I want like when the, the problems of fame finally like because you get they, to see the backstage, both... you get to see yeah. the lights and everything set up that yeah. shit, you know yeah. what yeah. I mean? It's like okay, what if they are on that level, you know? And they haven't even addressed it yet because it still feels like we're a traveling circus. We're, we're still struggling here and there. So it's like now they have these opportunities. Okay, go big and then probably you know, they're going to end it properly. Yeah, yeah, I mean,
0: yeah. it's kind of nice that this season they didn't have, like, the, oh, we are worried about maybe getting shut down story arc. It was nice that just that, probably... that was not an issue. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, this, because...
1: is, this one's more like they're trying to survive in Vegas, a city that can change people because of its culture, in a sense, too.
2: I guess so. But, I mean, one disappointment is, like, if it's set in Vegas, it doesn't feel like Vegas. It's like, oh, you're you're not on the strip, you're outside Vegas. Okay. yes <laughs> I get I see the joke. Yeah. <laughs> and also the budget.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, you could definitely feel the budget. <laughs> you can yes,
2: definitely feel definitely. the budget. Not yeah. enough wrestling? Mm. They, they only have enough budget for clothes. Yes. Yeah, more nudity. I or like they are off, yeah.
1: Like
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very very tasteful nudity. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Tasty. I
1: wanted to keep that ratio in the fourth season, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. Wow, all right. The the boobs the tits tits dick the yes. that we're yeah. talking about,
0: sir. Yeah, so two boobs for every dick? <laughs> <laughs> two boobs for every dick. <laughs>
2: Sure. <laughs> I've seen that video. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god. Anyway, boys. And on that, let's, let, let's wrap this up. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, uh, definitely, uh, Glow Season 3, check it out. Yeah, sure. yeah. still, still, still recommend it. Still recommend yeah, and
0: it. And yesterday, with for Netflix, in the meantime, uh, you can get all of the Beatles back catalog nowadays because I know it's on iTunes. I think Spotify has it. Spotify yeah. should have it, yeah. but in yeah. certain regions, still yeah mm-hmm. so yeah just just listen to that and then yeah watch it when you're drunk at oh, home. just get
2: on YouTube and watch them the boys do it proper yeah, yeah there yeah, you yeah. go just if you can find it on YouTube the Ed Sullivan show where you literally see pop culture start like there absolutely that's the birth of pop music boy bands everything that we know about the music industry there so I-
0: Absolutely. Um, Let's wrap it up. (coughs) Next week uh, is going to be a... Tarantino Fest! Absolutely. We're going to not just talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I'm really looking forward to. Yes. yes, But also, we're going to have a bit of a uh, dive into his... Like
1: a
2: Tarantino retrospective. Yeah, Yeah. just kind of like... Nine fucking movies, boys.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think, yeah. So look forward to our full... and we're not gonna do the collabs so we're not gonna talk about Dustle Dawn <laughs> we're not nope. gonna we're just gonna strictly stay within the Tarantino like pure
1: Tarantino directed right. written yeah
2: okay so um, let's wrap this up uh, who are we again? <laughs> you are world champion of the world uh, world champion of the world okay and here's my tag team partner eccentric Tom the and e- confused
1: <laughs> and this is uh, Mr. Toffee the Mad Bomber what? what? Matt Bomber Bomber <laughs> sure <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Roll of it, roll of it. Yeah.